0: Section 6 of Lives of the Presidents of the United States in Words of One Syllable. This is a LibriVox recording, or LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lives of the Presidents of the United States in Words of One Syllable by Helen W. Pearson. Chapter 6. John Quincy Adams. 1825-1829. to On July 11th, 1767, in... Braintree, Massachusetts, where the town of Quincy now stands, was born John Quincy Adams. Two streams of the best blood in the land ran in the veins of the child, and it was not strange that in time to come he grew to be a great man. He had one of the best starts in life that a boy could have. All of his race were brave and wise and came of the best stock to be found through all the length and breadth of the states. He was the son of the great John Adams who took the chair next to Washington. The war with England held full sway when he was a boy and the first sound his ears heard was the roar of guns and he saw the smoke of the fight for the town where they had their home at one time was quite in the seat of war. When he was a boy of some nine years of age, he would ride by post to the source of the fight and bring what news there was to his folks at home. You may know that as the war went on so near his home he did not have much of a chance to go to school, but he was apt to learn and heard and saw much that in the years to come was of just as much use to him, if not more, as that which he might have read in books.' When he was not much more than ten years of age he went to France to school and we are told that he wrote of his trip and what took place there down in a book so that when he grew old he might look back and see what he did when a boy. Though he spent his school life in the most gay town of France yet he did not fall into bad ways as most boys would have done who found they were their own lords in a strange land. When he came back to his own home once more He was much the same boy who had gone from there some few years since. He had not changed in the life he had led in strange lands. His heart was still bound up in his dear old home and those who lived there. He at once read up when he got home all the books that fell in his way and in a short time had stored his mind so that he could go to Harvard College where he went through each course by the year 1787 made up his mind when through school to take up law and make it the work of his life. So it is not long from this time that we find him at this in Boston. He soon wrote screeds for the news sheets of the day which gave him some fame so that men would talk of his name and ask who he was. Some of the things which he wrote had for their aim. Tom Paine, who wrote a book in which he sought to prove that there was no God and that the church was wrong. In 1794 he was sent o'er the sea to stand for the rights of our folk in the land of the Dutch. He stayed there for some time and was then sent to Port Ugal for the same good work and thence to Berlin where he found there was much to be done. It was his chief work while there to bring round peace between Prussia and his own land and when this was done, he came back home and took up law at the old place where he got his first real start in life. In eighteen o two he was sent to the Senate, which at that time was much sought for by men of brains and mind, for it led to some things that were worth while as an aim in life. While here, he had a chance to show of what good stuff he was made for he was down on all bills that he thought might bear down too hard on the poor in the land which were brought in by a few men who hoped to get rich. As he was such a good man who dared to do right, of course there were some bad men who tried to do him harm when they got a chance, but he fought them down one by one. He was once sent over to Russia to act for our land there, but he came back in a short time. When he came home it was to take a high place in the state, near the new President James Monroe. He went to Washington to live, which at that time was but a group of houses on a waste of sand. It was a great change for him to be raised to such a high place in the laws of his land, but he stood the test well, and his foes could not but say that he was the right man in the right place four names were put up for president at this time j q adams for the east w w crawford in the south andrew jackson and henry clay west on march 4 1825 he was made president and j c calhoun vice president henry clay had the charge of the funds. One of the great things that took place while he was in was the first railroad that was built. It was but three miles in length and the cars were drawn by a horse, not steam. The first steam car, when it came in use from England, was a poor sort of thing. It could not go fast and at first it used to scare off the cows and sheep. On the farms it went by and those who lived near the track thought their last hour had come for sure, though in time they did not mind it at all. Kernels were made in New York at this time. Henry Clay, who had a high place in the time of J.Q. Adams, was born in Virginia and was a poor boy. He went to a small log schoolhouse to learn his first tasks but he rose to be one of the first in the land. He spoke with such strength and force as well as grace that he could sway the minds of all men. He used to learn by heart what he read when a boy and speak it, and he thought that was one way in which he had gained so much ease. He says, I made more than one offhand speech in the cornfields or in the woods where but an ox or horse could hear me. It was said of Clay that on his tomb one might write these words, Here lies one who led men for years by the mere force of his mind, yet who was not known to swerve from the truth or call in lies to help him. In the strife of North and South on slave laws, Henry Clay made more than one great speech to try and keep the peace. DeWitt Clinton, who in 1812 had run for president against Madison, was one of the great men of his age. He was chief of the state of New York and took great thought on the Erie Canal and did much to make it a thing of fact. It was a great thing for the whole Union when the boats found they could reach the ocean through the state. Clinton was brought in a barge down from Lake Erie to the city of New York and had with him a pail of lake water which was thrown into the sea, and it was said to be the wedding of the lakes and the ocean. It was while Adams was in the chair that there was much talk of a tax that was to be put on all goods that were brought here from far lands, and we hear a good deal of it to this day. There were some who thought it was wrong, and some who thought it was the best thing. Adams went in for a high tax, which was the first cause why he did not hold the chair for more than one term. He once more had a high place in 1830, when he was sent from his state to Washington. He died at his home in Quincy, November 23rd, 1848. His last words were, This is the last of earth, I am glad. End of section 6, read by Inkel